is Lisa Fertali with Me, Money, and Mold. Today it's going to be about money again. I just bought some new research. It's very interesting. What's interesting is that um, since the mid-90s I've been involved. So what is that? 94. 94? So 94, 04, 2004, 2014. So, hmm. More than 20 years I've been involved in uh, with investing. And um, you do learn a lot when you put your own money at risk. That's all I can say, is you learn a lot. And you also learn a lot of... Um, you watch people crash and burn who are... Um, are their egos heavily invested in in being right. And you can do all the due diligence you want, all the research you want, and the black swan or something can come out of the nowhere. And depending on what what it is you your you own if it's a real long term and you can weather a downturn a significant one and you don't need that money to live on and of course depending on your age and your risk tolerance and all those things that i think people don't accurately assess but what i've seen over the years and the research I'm reading right now is a testament to what I'm going to say is that um, people fall into certain categories. You know, I'm a growth investor. I'm a value investor. I'm a, you know, I'm, I, all I do is options. All I do is whatever. Um, <clears throat> from, this is what I know. <clears throat> In the, in the crisis of 2000, the, the dot-com was 2000, or 1999-2000, I don't remember, but we lost a lot of money. We gave an account, one of my husband's accounts, to a guy who didn't know squat, obviously. And he lost, um, I don't know, 95% of it. Had no remorse whatsoever. Didn't know what he was doing. It went really quick. And um, people don't learn from their mistakes. And they don't have the courage or the, the your average advisor out there, in my experience, <clears throat> doesn't have the guts to admit he's wrong. Primarily because most of the stuff he's got you in, he has no idea what it is to begin with. And even if he does, he doesn't care if you lose your money. The farther your money gets away from you, the more you are to, the more you have the risk of it not having a great outcome. There's this, it's a saying, and I just screwed it up. But that's true. The farther your money gets away from you, the more likely you are to not have the outcome you're hoping for. Um, and again, 
this new this uh, guru that I'm listening to is something that I've never really been attracted to and um, everything has its place though in other words um, commodities have a place growth stocks have a place small caps have a place big caps have a place uh, value investing has a place um, and I've been very outspoken against ETFs ETFs, the original ETFs and I don't know how many there are <clears throat> the original, like years ago there was an ETF there's sector ETFs usually they represent things like there's an ETF, an exchange traded fund for let's say biotech stocks and there's an exchange traded fund for home builders and there's an exchange traded fund for uh, technology uh, let's say there's an exchange traded fund for gas gasoline oil and gas um, uh, you know uh, there's an exchange traded fund for the S&P there's an exchange traded fund for the S&P going down there's an exchange traded fund for the S&P going up there's an exchange traded fund you get the picture but there's a lot more since after 2008, I think it was 2003, exchange-traded funds were began. I'm not sure. They're pretty new. And of course, Wall Street came up with the idea. Because people were moving, they lost money in 08, and they wanted something that they could... I don't know. I don't remember the... I don't know. I don't think it ever knew. The reasoning behind the birth of so many ETFs, exchange traded funds. All I know from some of the research I've done in the past, many of them are not what you think. And many of them hold a handful of highly liquid stocks, stocks that have a big float, a lot of shares outstanding. So they are extremely traded and they're, they're in a lot of these ETFs. A company, for example, like ExxonMobil, I believe, has a big float. So, you know, don't quote me on anything and I'm not telling you, telling you to buy or sell any of this stuff. Because um, in my experience, if you tell somebody something and they go out and buy it and it was free if they lose money you never hear the end of it if they make money you never hear the, you never hear from them <laughs> that's my experience i got i stopped giving free advice a long time ago um it's just not worth it and making people pay for it is really what's uh, then then they have a right to be pissed off and they have a right to ask questions but when people want good advice or good good analysis for nothing and then they take your analysis and use it and it doesn't work out you never hear the end of it so um Anyway, that's an aside from all of this, but my, my point is listening to this new research person, you, I have come to the conclusion, came to this a long time ago, 
because being a woman is a trader when I was trading you know when I started I started in 03 trading um, I'd go to seminars there weren't a lot of women there at all a handful among all these guys and um, I guess they think that by the nature of our sex that we just don't have a brain in our head maybe I don't know they meaning people on Wall Street and I will tell you this what I learned the market doesn't know who you are it doesn't and if you're smart and you're willing to work and learn and get your ego out of the way and take your take your losses when you have to take them and develop a strategy that you're comfortable with you can do anything any guy can do and probably better um, women tend not to have women in my experience tend not to have such an ego when it comes to investing I think we we bought into that we don't have the brains for it I think a lot of women do that they, I hear a lot of women say that oh my husband does that <laughs> I say well you better figure it out now because statistically he's gonna die before you so I wouldn't leave it up to little Bobby who's gonna to want to take over your account when your husband's not along around to tell you what you should do or or look out for you so it is to a women's benefit that you figure out what to do with your money regarding investing and statistically I've heard women are more conservative there's a time to be conservative and there's a time to not be conservative and um, and there's really no excuse even if you're doing working and taking care of kids there's really no excuse get involved in some type of vehicle for yourself do some research all this stuff that you consume I, I heard this on CNBC from a woman who has her own company now she used to work for one of the large warehouses um, I don't know if I'm if this is correct but I believe she said that women in this country the United States control I want to say four Maybe it was two, two trillion or four trillion. I know there's a difference, but we are the consumers. Yet we don't exercise a lot of prudence when we, when it comes to investing. I don't think. Um, I mean, I've seen it over and over again. And, um, and I don't know why. I just don't understand it. So the point of this podcast that I still haven't made is that I'm listening to this these two guys talk about their tenure on Wall Street. And um, both highly educated Ivy League educations. And listening to the things that they've done not done well. And thinking... You have an Ivy League education. I guess that by the nature of that, you thought that because of that MBA, you were going to do well in the market all the time, like with everything. What would make you think that? Because you have an Ivy League education? 
<laughs> There's a lot of people out there with Ivy League educations that can't get out of their way, their own way. Many of them, highly educated delinquents. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening, you know who you are. So by the nature of the fact that you paid a lot of money to be educated doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be good at investing in the stock market. Even people who have financial degrees, you come in with a bias. Oftentimes the people that are good at investing just love it so much. They love the game. It's like a game. They take their licks. They take their wins. They never re- they realize when it's the market and when it's them. And everybody's a genius in a bull market. And let's see what, how much of a genius you are in a sideways market or a bear market and figure out the difference. There is a difference. So maybe people don't have the, the time or the inclination or a the interest in figuring out the difference but you certainly can invest in what you put money in and I've been saying that you can invest in things where you buy things and I know Amazon is a stock and it's a very expensive stock for the average person but most people are well, everybody's a consumer look at the things that you buy investigate do some research on the companies of the products that you buy and even if you're a young person, you could start with something that your parents buy. In other words, if you're in your 20s, you could start investing in dividend stocks. And then start investigating some growth stocks. Stuff you know the story of. Example, Facebook. So, you know... And sentiment can play in your favor. Facebook is an extremely hated stock from what I understand. And yet, um, it's an advertising haven for the big companies. They're all advertising to us, I guess. I don't know. But this analysis was that, you know, Facebook and Whatever, it's going to be around. I I don't know. Facebook wasn't making any money for a long time. Um, But then they they learned how to monetize their business model. So, anyway, the point is, here's the point. Listening to these MBAs, Ivy, Ivy League educated MBAs, you don't necessarily need an MBA to do well in the market. That's the point. Because I'm listening to some of the mistakes and I'm thinking, wow, I've never done that. Well, yeah, I done, I've done that. Mm-hmm. I guess I never got caught up in my own brilliance because I never thought I was. I just kept doing my homework. I wasn't impressed with, I was always on to the next Thing, knowing that the market is forward thinking and I was trying always to be 10 steps ahead of what everybody else was doing because I know when, when you're uncomfortable with what you're doing you're probably in the right 
when everybody's going this way, you want to go this way. When everybody's piling in, that's when you want to get out. When there's blood in the streets, that's when you want to get in. And believe me, there was blood in the streets in 2009 at the March 9th, I believe, of 2009 was the bottom of the market. I remember remember it like it was yesterday because I was sitting in front of all my, my screens listening to John Person. You might have, might have seen him. I don't think he's on CBC anymore. Called the bottom of the market. Was talking about Dow Chemical. It was $2. But I was such in such shell shock from what had happened over the preceding months. Sitting in cash, I, I, couldn't, pull, I couldn't bring myself to do a thing. So, unfortunately, it was the buying opportunity of a lifetime. And it's gone on for quite some time. So I hope people listening took advantage of that. Because there's always, I think, an opportunity. Opportunities like that aren't just once-in-a-lifetime things. Wall Street would lead you to believe that. But they aren't. There's always something new in the stock market because there's new things happening in the world all the time. So that's what it is for today. I kind of got off track here. I don't know. The point of this was you don't have to be on the Harvard educated or Ivy League educated or I know Harvard is Ivy League, but you just have to do your homework, have a plan, be disciplined. And when you're wrong, admit it, take your licks, get out. That's probably the hardest thing for people to do. And if you can do that quick, recover from a loss fast. When I mean fast, I mean like you see like professional ball players or skaters that are Olympians and they're in a competition and they fall on the ice and you're thinking, oh, I'd be, I'd be, you know, pissed off right now at myself and wouldn't be able to get, and they get up and they continue with their routine. If you're professionally minded when you're investing and you're not, you know when to take some money off the table or you when to take your, your loss and recoup what did you do wrong you know analyze it document it and and don't say to yourself I'm never going to do this again because more than likely when you say never it's a negative and your subconscious mind doesn't doesn't understand negatives so what you're actually saying to yourself is I'm going to do this again so never say never so when you have a mistake in the market Take your licks, get out, move on. That's the best advice. 
be your own guru is the other best advice. So, on that note, if you have questions, you can send me an email, wq.freethewizard at gmail.com. You can also go to my website, which is freethewizard.com. And um, please subscribe to this podcast. It's not always about money. A lot of times it's about the two courses I teach. And um, we're in allergy season. season. And um, a lot of times it's going to be about um, what you could do to breathe freely like I do all the time. And all the things that I consume on a daily basis and have consumed on a daily basis and what I learned in that process of becoming well. And that's, that's, a, that's all products from Shackley. Great stuff. So again, my website's freethewizard.com. wq.freethewizard at gmail.com is my website. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.